Hello, world. I'm Roger Corville, and this is For the Hope's Daily Audio Bible, where we read through the scriptures conversationally, talk about the truth claims of Christianity, and learn to fall more in love with Jesus and the people in his world. You ready? Let's roll. Welcome. Yesterday, we closed out the book of Joshua. And if we had had time, this is the wisdom segment that would have immediately followed if we'd been following kind of the normal show format here. Please pray this with me. Psalm 116. I love the Lord because he has heard my appeal for mercy. Because he has turned his ear to me, I will call out to him as long as I live. The ropes of death were wrapped around me, and the torments of Sheol overcame me. I encountered trouble and sorrow. And then I called on the name of the Lord, Lord, save me. The Lord is gracious and righteous. Our God is compassionate. The Lord guards the inexperienced. I was helpless, and he saved me. Return to your rest, my soul, for the Lord has been good to you. For you, Lord, rescued me from death, my eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. I believed, even when I said, I am severely oppressed. In my alarm, I said, everyone is a liar. How can I repay the Lord for all the good he has done for me? I will take the cup of his salvation and call on the name of the Lord. I will fulfill my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. The death of his faithful ones is valuable in the Lord's sight. Lord, I indeed am your servant. I am your servant, the son of your female servant. You have loosened my bonds. I will offer you a thanksgiving sacrifice and call on the name of the Lord. I will fulfill my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people, in the courts of the Lord's house, within you, Jerusalem. Hallelujah. Hey, Hopeful. Welcome to For the Hope's Daily Audio Bible, which is the part of our journey together where we commit, together, to reading through every word of God's revelation of himself Monday through Saturday and considering our own life and work stories in light of that, including the fact that Sometimes we just do something different around here, like today, beginning with our wisdom segment. And the Lord knows we need wisdom. And that was, uh, again, Psalm 116, a praise of faith and freedom in the face of deadly threat and deceit. Which is not unlike what our missionaries are expecting and experiencing in Acts chapter 16. But notice the fruit. And as we get to our New Testament segment today, notice the fruit of what happens, how the gospel cuts across the spectrum of society in Philippi, and how Luke notes changes in the lives of three persons, which interestingly has an impact on business, or in this case, immoral business. Acts chapter 16, picking up in verse 11. From Troas we put out to sea and sailed straight for Samothrace, and the next day to Neapolis, and from there to Philippi, a Roman colony and a leading city of the district of Macedonia. We stayed in that city for several days, and on the Sabbath day we went outside the city 
gate by the river where we expected to find a place of prayer. We sat down and spoke to the woman. women gathered there, and a God-fearing woman named Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth from the city of Thyatira, was listening, and the Lord opened her heart to respond to what Paul was saying. After she and her household were baptized, she urged us, If you consider me a believer in the Lord, come, stay at my house. And she persuaded us. Once as we were on our way to prayer, a slave girl met us who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. She made a large profit for her owners by fortune-telling. As she followed Paul and us, she cried out, These men who are proclaiming to you a way of salvation are the servants of the Most High God. And she did this for many days. <laughs> Which always makes this next line kind of amusing to me. She did this for many days. And Paul was greatly annoyed. Turning to the Spirit, he said, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it came out right away. When her owners realized that their hope of profit was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to the authorities. Bringing them before the magistrates, they said, These men are seriously disturbing our city. They are Jews and are promoting customs that are not legal for us as Romans to adopt or practice. The crowd joined in the attack against them, and the chief magistrates stripped off their clothes and ordered them to be beaten with rods. After they had severely flogged them, they threw them in jail, ordering the jailer to guard them carefully. Receiving such an order, he put them in the inner prison and secured their feet in the stocks. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the jail were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains came loose. When the jailer woke up and saw the doors of the prison standing open, he drew his sword and was going to kill himself since he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul called out in a loud voice, Don't harm yourself, because we're all here. The jailer called for lights, rushed in, and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. He escorted them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him, along with everyone in his house. He took them the same hour of the night and washed their wounds. Right away he and all his family were baptized. He brought them into his house, set a meal before them, and rejoiced, because he had come to believe in God with his entire household. When daylight came, the magistrates sent the police to say, Release those men. And the jailer reported these words to Paul, The magistrates have sent orders for you to be released, so come out now and go in peace. But Paul said to them, uh, They beat us in public without a trial, although we are Roman citizens, and threw us in jail. And now they're going to send us away secretly? Certainly not. On the contrary, let them come themselves and escort us out. The police reported these words to the magistrates, and they were afraid when they had heard that Paul and Silas were Roman citizens. So they came to appease them, and escorting them from prison, they urged them to leave town. 
After leaving the jail, they came to Lydia's house, where they saw and encouraged the brothers and sisters, and then departed. And that is the rest of chapter 16. And uh, my friends, do not miss tomorrow. We're going to spend a little extra time in chapter 17 because it is one of the most powerful and potent uh, chapters in the world of just... Well, just trust me on that. That said, today we're turning back with regard to our Old Testament segment to the book of Judges which we begin. And we'll catch a little more about the historicity of this book um, as it unfolds. But it will be obvious that it picks up from the book of Joshua and even repeats some details. Now, the author, however, chronicles an essential part of Israel's narrative in a different way, with a different purpose that has relevance to us today, which is the book of Judges speaks of the Israelites and the unraveling of their lives as a result of turning their back on the covenant that you and I just heard them ratify yesterday. Judges chapter 1. After the death of Joshua, the Israelites inquired of the Lord, Who will be the first to fight for us against the Canaanites? And the Lord answered, Judah is to go. I have handed the land over to him. Judah said to his brother Simeon, Come with me to my allotted territory and let's fight against the Canaanites. I will also go with you to your allotted territory. So Simeon went with him. When Judah attacked, the Lord handed the Canaanites and Perizzites over to them. They struck down 10,000 men in Bezek. They found Adonai Bezek in Bezek, fought against him, and struck down the Canaanites and Perizzites. When Adonai Bezek fled, they pursued him, caught him, and cut off his thumbs and big toes. Adonai Bezek said, Seventy kings with their thumbs and big toes cut off used to pick up scraps under my table. God has repaid me for what I have done. They brought him to Jerusalem, and he died there. The men of Judah fought against Jerusalem and, fought, and captured it, put it to the sword, and set the city on fire. Afterward, the men of Judah marched down to fight against the Israelites who were living in the hill country, the Negev, and the Judean foothills. And Judah also marched against the Canaanites who were living in Hebron. Hebron was formerly named Kiriath Arba. They struck down Sheshai, Ahaman, and Talmai, and from there they marched against the residents of Debir. Debir was formerly named Kiriath Sefer. Caleb said, Whoever attacks and captures Kiriath Sefer, I will give my daughter Aksa to him as a wife. So Othniel, son of Kenaz, Caleb's youngest brother, captured it, and Caleb gave his daughter Aksa to him as a wife. When she arrived, she persuaded Othniel to ask her father for a field, and as, he, as she got off her donkey, Caleb asked her, What do you want? She answered him, Give me a blessing. Since you have given me land in the Negev, give me springs also. So Caleb gave her both the upper and lower springs. The descendants of the Kenite, Moses' father-in-law, had gone up with the men of Judah from the city of Palms to the wilderness of Judah, which was in the Negev of Arad, and they went to live among the people. Judah went with his brother Simeon, struck down the Canaanites who were living in Zepheth, and completely destroyed that town. So they named the town Hormah. Judah captured Gaza and its territory, Ashkelon and its territory, and Ekron and its territory. And the Lord was with Judah and enabled him to take possession of all the hill country 
and they couldn't, but they could not drive out the people who were living in the plain because those people had iron chariots. Judah gave Hebron to Caleb, just as Moses had promised. Then Caleb drove out the three sons of Anak who lived there. Next section, Benjamin's failure. At the same time, the Benjamites did not drive out the Jebusites who were living in Jerusalem. The Jebusites had lived among the Benjamites, have lived among the Benjamites in Jerusalem to this day. The house of Joseph also attacked Bethel, and the Lord was with them. They sent spies to Bethel, and the town was formerly named Luz. And the spies saw a man coming out of the town and said to him, Please show us how to get into the town, and we will show you kindness. When he showed them the way to get into the town, they put the town to the sword, but released the man and his entire family. Then the man went to the land of the Hittites, built a town, and named it Luz. That is still its name today. At that time, Manasseh failed to take possession of Bethshean and Tanakh in their surrounding villages, or the residents of Dor, Iblium, Megiddo, and their surrounding villages. The Canaanites were determined to stay in this land. When Israel became stronger, they made Canaanites serve as forced labor, but never drove them out completely. At that time, Ephraim failed to drive out the Canaanites who were living in Gezer, so the Canaanites lived near, lived among them in Gezer. Zebulun failed to drive out the residents of Kitron, the residents of Nahalol, so the Canaanites have lived among them and served as forced labor. Asher failed to drive out the residents of Akko or the Sidon or Ah. Alab, Akzib, Helba, Afik, and Rehob. The Asherites lived among the Canaanites who were living in the land because they failed to drive them out. Naphtali did not drive out the residents of Beth Shemesh or the residents of Beth Anath. They lived among the Canaanites who were living in the land, but the residents of Beth Shemesh and Beth Anath served as their forced labor. The Amorites forced the Danites into the hill country and did not allow them to go down into the, into the valley. The Amorites were determined to stay in Har Har Herez, Aijalon, and Sha'albaim. When the house of Joseph got the upper hand, the Amorites were made to serve as forced labor. The territory of the Amorites extended from the Scorpion's ascent, that is, from Selah, upward. The angel of the Lord went up from Gilgal to Bokim and said, I brought you out of the land of Egypt and led you into the land I promised to your ancestors. And I also said, I will never break my covenant with you. You are not to make a covenant with the inhabitants of this land. You are to tear down their altars, but you have not obeyed me. What have you done? Therefore, I say now, I will not drive out these people before you. They will be thorns in your sides and their gods will be a trap for you. When the angel of the Lord had spoken all these words to all the Israelites, the people wept loudly. So they named the place Bokim and offered sacrifices to the Lord's there. Previously, when Joshua had sent away the people, the Israelites had gone to take the possession of the land, each to his own inheritance. The people worshipped the Lord throughout Joshua's lifetime and during the lifetime of the elders who outlived Joshua. They had seen all the Lord's great works that he had done for Israel. Joshua, son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died at 110. They buried him in the territory of his inheritance in Timnath-Herez, in the hill country of Ephraim, north of Mount Gaash. 
That whole generation was also gathered to their ancestors. After them, another generation rose up who did not know the Lord or the works he had done for Israel. And the Israelites did what was evil in the Lord's sight. They worshipped the Baals and abandoned the Lord, the God of their ancestors, who had brought them out of Egypt. They followed other gods from the surrounding peoples and bowed down to them. They angered the Lord, for they abandoned him and worshipped Baal and the Ashtoreths. The Lord's anger burned against Israel, and he handed them over to marauders who raided, raided them. He sold them to their enemies around them, and they could no longer resist their enemies. Whenever the Israelites went out, the Lord was against them and brought disaster on them, just as he had promised and sworn to them. So they suffered greatly. Now here's what, notice this little turn in the narrative here. The Lord raised up judges who saved them from the power of their marauders. But they did not listen to their judges. Instead, they prostituted themselves with other gods, bowing down to them. They quickly turned from the way of their ancestors, who had walked in obedience to the Lord's commands. They did not do as their ancestors did. Whenever the Lord raised up a judge for the Israelites, the Lord was with him and saved the people from the power of their enemies while the judge was still alive. The Lord was moved to pity whenever they groaned because of those who were oppressing and afflicting them. Whenever the judge died, the Israelites would act even more corruptly than their ancestors, following other gods to serve them and bow in worship to them. They did not serve them or they did not turn from their evil practices or their obstinate ways. The Lord's anger burned against Israel, and he declared, because this nation has violated my covenant that I made with their ancestors who and disobeyed me, I will no longer drive out before them any of the nations Joshua left when he died. I did this to test Israel and to see whether or not they would keep the Lord's way by walking in it as their ancestors had. And the Lord left these nations and did not drive out them be- immediately. He did not hand them over to Joshua. These are the nations that the Lord left in order to test all those in Israel who had experienced none of the wars in Canaan. This was to teach the future generations of the Israelites how to fight in battle, especially those who had not fought before. These nations included the five rulers of the Philistines and all the Canaanites, the Sidonians, the Hivites who lived in the Lebanese mountains from Mount Baal-Hamron as far as the entrance to Hamath. And the Lord left them to test Israel to determine whether or not they would keep the Lord's commands that he had given them through their ancestors, uh, their ancestors through Moses. But they settled among the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. The Israelites took their daughters as wives for themselves and gave their own daughters to their sons and worshipped their gods. So my friends, that is the prelude to what's going to happen uh, throughout the rest of the book of Judges. And I, I imagine you see a pattern there, not only consistent with probably your life, uh, but probably consistent with whatever country you live in as well. Father in heaven, give us eyes to see our own lives in light of your word, both what we deserve when we turn our backs on you and And yet what is possible in and through us, Lord, even in our workplaces, when we trust Jesus as Lord and Savior and let the Holy Spirit's power use us for your good mission. 
I love you, my friends. Amen. Amen.